This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. By name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The first message I ever preached as a young 13-year-old boy on the beach at Scarborough was based on that verse. Hallelujah. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, the Gentiles. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? One flock and one shepherd. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, one flock, one shepherd. Hallelujah. Isn't it great? There'll be no denominations in glory. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Hanging on my office wall in London, there is a picture called the Mardale Shepherd. I've often referred to him as a Yorkshire Shepherd, but actually I think he's from Cumbria. But uh, there's the image, and uh, I have had to have written permission to hang that in my office because it's only seen in a museum and small prints. If you want the size of the picture I have, which is enormous, on my office wall, you have to get written permission, and so I have it legitimately. If you notice, his face is rugged and worn by life in the outdoors. Is there a greater image in the Bible of Jesus than the shepherd? It's an image that is woven throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. 
And many of the old kings and priests were shepherds. Abraham was a shepherd. Isaac was a shepherd. Jacob was a shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. David was a shepherd. Are you getting the message? The life of the shepherd was a tough one. And the terrain in which the shepherd ministered in Israel was dusty and full of stones. And it would be so easy for a lamb or a sheep to get isolated from the flock and find that they were tormented or being um, attacked by hyenas, jackals, or a wolf. Turn to your neighbor and say, isolation doesn't work. We are meant to be part of the flock. God has placed us in the flock. We are part of the fold. King David was a shepherd boy. I love the story of David's life. We just briefly looked at that last night by way of introduction. And he had learned to defend the sheep from the lion and the bear. Alone one night sitting under a starlit sky by a fire. David began to think about that great shepherd of the sheep, Almighty God. He became aware of his, uh, his covering. He became aware that God was overshadowing him. He became aware that God was protecting him and preparing him for enormous things. And as he was contemplating, sitting still as we looked at last night in the presence of God, under the gaze of the penetrating eye of God, he was totally open before the Lord. We quoted the verse last night, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And as the Spirit of God began to illuminate his understanding and bring knowledge of the Father, David began to sing in the Holy Ghost. He began to sing under the influence of the Spirit. And coming up on the screen are the words of the song he sang. You've read it many times, and we're going to read it together. Is that okay? Are you ready? Really, really confident with faith. Hallelujah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I told you you were anointed. Amen. Amen. Listen to these wonderful Old Testament verses about the shepherd. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. 
He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart and gently leads those who have young. We're stepping back now into the New Testament. I want to set the context for this amazing chapter. And we often need to do that by looking at what came before. So let me explain to you what happened in chapter 9 of John's Gospel. You remember that Jesus healed a man who had been blind from birth. And the reaction of the religious leaders, the reaction of the Pharisees was venomous. One of the reasons why they were reacting to Jesus and the fact that this miracle had happened was because earlier on, Jesus had said to them, before Abraham was, I am. And they knew that Jesus was claiming to be God in the flesh. And they would then say, the man who had been healed and received his needed to praise God because Jesus is a sinner. That's how blind they were. That's how unaware of spiritual truth they were. These people who were bound up with religious strong opinions, strong views, uh, entrenched in, in, in theories and things that brought no knowledge of God in their heart. But here comes a man who was blind from birth and just one encounter with Jesus, hallelujah, just one encounter with Jesus was enough to open his eyes. And so they dragged him before them and they said, come on, who is it who healed you? He said, listen, I don't understand all this religious stuff. That's a Yorkshire paraphrase. I don't need to know all these religious things that have bound so many for years. All I know is this, once I was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Once I was blind, but now I see. And it's an image of what happens in the human heart and spirit and soul that we were looking at last night when we come face to face with Jesus, when we see him in all his glory, when our understanding is illuminated by the word and the spirit, our eyes are open and we see the whole world in a different way. We see people, hallelujah. Oh, what about that second touch of the man who needed to, you know, Jesus healed him by spitting on the soil and, and rubbing it on his eyes. Wow, what an image, what a miracle. The touch of God upon a life. And so this illumination comes to this man. They even challenged his parents. You remember the story? He even challenged his parents. And they said, well, he's of age. Let him speak for himself. Why did they do that? I'll tell you why. Because they were worried about being excommunicated from the synagogue. But... He spoke for himself, hallelujah. And he made his confession. I, all I know is I was blind, hallelujah. but now I see. So there's a reaction. The challenge of the man again. And he makes his confession. And then Jesus says of these people who believed that they had deep spiritual understanding. He said, if you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But because you claim to see, your guilt remains. I find it hard and tough words. But doesn't it understand, doesn't it help us understand right now we're living in a generation that claims to have more spiritual knowledge and move forward in understanding. And yet we're living in a generation that is predominantly blind, doesn't know God, doesn't know Christ. Oh, don't we need the shepherd to come? And so Jesus is now ready to reveal himself as not just the shepherd, but the good shepherd. Turn me down, I'm about to blow my nose.
quicker next time. <laughs> Amen. So I want to talk to you about three things. Firstly, the voice of the shepherd. Friend, we must ensure that we are listening to the voice of the true shepherd. And we know, we acknowledged last night, the voice of the true shepherd speaks directly to your spirit, to your mind and your heart by the word and by the revelation of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you, we need to be aware of this. In the last days, many will come. There will be shepherds who are false shepherds. They will be ministering for self-gain. They will want to rise and position themselves where they want to be. But I believe my Lord, Lord will raise up two shepherds, shepherds after his own heart, men and women that will love the flock, men and women that will sacrifice for the flock, men and women that will devote their life and give their life for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we look to Jesus. Many will minister for self-gain. Many may be led astray, but thanks be to God, the good shepherd of the sheep is watching over and protecting us. Amen? You know, as we come through this story, Jesus Jesus is describing what happened in the morning for the shepherd. In the night, the, the, the sheep have been brought in. Sheep of many folds have been brought in to the pen. And as he brought them in, they were protected. And there was a watchman that watched over them. And in the morning, the shepherd would come to the gate and he would come in through the gate, not over the wall. He'd walk in through the gate and he'd call his sheep. And the sheep recognize his voice and they move immediately towards him. Hallelujah. If they didn't recognize his voice, they wouldn't move and follow that shepherd. They followed the voice that they knew. They recognized the voice of the true shepherd. And then he would lead them out into green pasture and tend them through the day. And at the end of the day, he would take them back to the safety of the sheep pen. And what he would do is he would take the rod in his hand and he would lay it low over the gate, over the entrance. And every sheep personally passed under the rod. And as the sheep passed under the rod, he personally examined every sheep to see if there'd been wounds caused from the day. Any scars, any pain, any wounds were washed and cleansed and bound that the sheep might be healed in the safety of the fold. Mighty God. The thief is different in this chapter. He would come in over the wall and the sheep wouldn't recognize his voice. Therefore, they would not follow the thief. That's why Jesus says in chapter 10, verse 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, referring to Satan and demonic powers and those who would shepherd sheep for themselves, for self-gain. And so Jesus says, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, life Hallelujah. to the full. I've got to say I prefer the King James Version. Life in abundance sounds a lot better than full. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so this is the ministry now of the shepherd. Jesus is revealing how he ministers to the sheep. What about that amazing verse in Ezekiel 20, 37? I will take note of you 
as you pass under my rod, and I will bring you into the bond of covenant. Hallelujah. Friend, you're under the rod today, the word of God, sitting under the word of God. And as the shepherd examines your heart, he's looking for the wounds and scars of the day. And he's willing to come with the oil of the spirit and the healing balm and cleanse to bind, restore, and heal. Hallelujah. that is in Ezekiel and then Jesus explains that he himself is the gate he's the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me he is the great shepherd haven't we got an amazing shepherd yeah. hallelujah an amazing shepherd. secondly I want to talk about the sign of a true shepherd. In verse 14, sorry, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So the shepherd provides, the shepherd protects, but the shepherd sacrifices. Hallelujah. I see the opposite spirit very often nowadays where there is a, a taking for self, a building up of self, of self-promotion and glorying in things that the flesh should never glory in. And so right now we need to see God raising up shepherds after his own heart. He is the great shepherd, the good shepherd. We are under shepherds, hallelujah. We are simply shepherding under him. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's great to be an under shepherd. Glory to God. It takes the strain out. Amen. It takes the strain out. And so the true shepherd provides, protects, and sacrifices his life for the sheep. And he knows his sheep one by one. And he knows his sheep name by name. He knows you through and through. Hallelujah. Warts and all. All the good bits and all the rough bits. He knows the rough bits that need to be removed. Hallelujah. The transformation of nature, heart and mind and spirit and soul as we were looking at last night. But God comes. And he comes as a shepherd to protect you. You know, very often you won't know the protection that God has placed over you. He saved you from many things. He's protected you from many things you were totally unaware of. Sometimes his protection happens through his own divine intervention. And sometimes his protection will happen through angelic ministry. Hallelujah. Because the Bible says the angels of glory are servants. And they are serving him. Hallelujah. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, if you're watched over by the shepherd and the angels of glory. Somebody said the angel gets out of the vehicle at 70 mile an hour. <laughs> I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> Amen. So the Lord is not like the false shepherds. He's not like a hired hand. He's not an employee. If there was no salary, they'd soon be gone. Here's... The hireling has no real genuine care or calling. He doesn't receive the ministry through the master shepherd. Trying of a true shepherd is the sacrifice of his own life. 
You know, very often the sheep in Israel could be attacked. And at, at times, maybe a sheep could be lost to a wolf. And the shepherd had the responsibility to prove that he had done absolutely everything to protect that sheep. Sorry to talk like this, but even if he had to take evidence back to say this is the sheep, it may have been torn, it may have been wounded, it may be lifeless, but he had to prove that he'd done everything he could do for the protection of the sheep. I love the story where the shepherd seeks the one lost lamb. Hallelujah. Maybe this morning you are that one lost lamb. Jesus comes right to where you are, and he said, I'm here. Hallelujah. I said, I've been watching over you for years. Thank you, Lord. You've been unaware of what I've been doing for you, calling you, loving you, ministering to you in ways that you've not been able to perceive. And he reaches down this morning and he just lifts you. Hallelujah. In my Nana's prayer room, years ago when I was a little boy, I was fascinated by walking in there. The presence was dripping with the glory of God. And on the wall there was a picture of the face of Jesus. And it was one of those pictures where if you walk to the other side of the room, <laughs> the eyes followed you. <laughs> oh, imagine a little boy fascinated with that. But on the other side, there was an incredible picture. And it was Jesus with a lamb across his shoulders and the text about the lost sheep. I thank God for you this morning. There's no need for you to remain lost. This morning, the gate is wide open. Hallelujah. The gate is wide open. And the shepherd has placed his rod across the entrance and said, walk under my word. Come under my word by faith. Come under my word and let me love you and heal and restore you. Regardless of your age and stage and strong religious views and preconceived ideas that you have become entrenched in, if that's where you are, then like Jesus in chapter 9, you need a miracle in your sight and a miracle in your understanding. And the blind scales will fall from your eyes like spiritual cataracts removed. And you will see as you've never seen before. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Wonderful. I was going to sing a song, actually. These are the words. Glory. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder what that was. The introduction. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the three points and the conclusion then, Rob. <laughs> Before the world began, you were on his mind. And every tear you cry is precious in his eyes. Because of his great love, 
He gave his only son. Everything was done so you would come. Nothing you can do can make him love you more. Nothing that you've done can make him close the door. Because of his great love, he sent his only son. And everything was done so you would come. What a shepherd. What a shepherd. Hallelujah. Jesus demonstrates his love in substitutional death and lays down his life for the sheep. You know, for the church, there's a double danger. Where's the double danger? Well, Jesus warned the disciples that he was sending them out like sheep among wolves. And Paul warned the leaders of the church in Ephesus that grievous wolves would come and not sparing the flock. There's one thing you need to ensure is that you remain in the safety of the fold with the sheep under the shepherd in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's at his third point already. <laughs> the knowledge of the true shepherd. You know, in this chapter, the oneness of relationship with God the Father that Jesus had is used directly as an example of his relationship with you. Just as my father and I are one, so we are one with him and one with one another. Hallelujah. In the sheepfold, there was no top sheep. There is only one top sheep. Hallelujah. It's not about position. It's not about power. It's about sacrifice. I lay down my life for the sheep. We follow that type of shepherd. You know, in this passage of Scripture, there's two Greek words used for the word good, good shepherd. Beautiful images. One is agathos, it means moral goodness. The other one is kalos, which means loveliness. But if we delve into the whole revelation of the shepherd, we find deeper descriptive words of what Jesus was like as a shepherd. Listen to these. He is strong. He is tender. He is gracious. He is gentle. He is power. He is skillful. And he is efficient. Hallelujah. All images of how amazing the sovereign shepherd truly is. As I close today, I want to remind you that the Lord is your shepherd. And would you willingly come under his shepherding today? Would you come in to the fold today? Would you come under the rod of his word? And would you come under his hand today? Let him inspect your heart. We talked last night about the fact that we don't do self-assessment like the world does. God hasn't set you targets and goals. When you assess yourself, you will see stuff that will give you pain. But when we allow God's spirit to reveal, he leads us to grace.
Hallelujah. Where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. Hallelujah. Only by grace can I stand on this platform. Only by grace can you sit where you are, but you're in the fold. Amen. You never climbed in through the wall, Lord, over the wall. You came in through the gate. Amen. It's the only access point, Jesus. And if you've never come through the gate, through confession of sin, confessing Christ as Lord and risen from the dead, not with a parrot-fashioned prayer, but with a, an expression of your heart. Son, Lord, I need to come to you. If you've come that way, you've come through the gate. Be comfortable in the fold. Hallelujah. You're right where you're meant to be. Hallelujah. As you journey forward in life, remain in the green pastures. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, only the shadow of death, it's not real for you, is a passing through. Just like I spoke about my Uncle Bob last night. Even then, in the physical or the spiritual, you will never be away from the watchful eye of that good shepherd of the sheep, the chief shepherd of the sheep. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. so easy to rush these moments and I already know what God's going to do tonight but I don't want to rush this moment I think it could be a moment of very very personal ministry from the shepherd to your own heart Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.